The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who barely plays video games anymore, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? I am good. Tired, but I'm good. It's been Josh, a that hot was your... one today. Oh, was it hot where you were? Yeah, 91... That's pretty warm. Did, did a lot of put uh, dug out and fixed the patio in the backyard. Spent all day outside. You know, got a nice that sunburn is, on my back. Yeah, when you're it's 91. That's a that's a long Not day. The best outside. weekend to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, it actually was a absolutely gorgeous day here today. Hmm. Uh, Mid 70s with a slight breeze. It was great. Nice. Yeah, uh, Josh. You yeah. picked your own intro this week. I, I did. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that you you're barely playing video games, Josh. Uh, it's my life now. If I have I have the life of uh, I don't want to say a normal person, and I work earlier <laughs> than a normal person, but no, earlier than I used to work, and now earlier than on nine to five. Six to two is rough sometimes. Well, five five a.m. on Friday. Ooh, yeah. So four thirty really is when I'm getting up. <laughs> so you're at work six to two. So what time do you go to bed at? Uh lately I've been going to bed at seven or eight o'clock at night. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah. And, yeah. And Josh, it's after eight o'clock where you are right now. And you're recording know, I a podcast. Be sleeping right now. <laughs> it's past your bedtime. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being here. I wouldn't do it without you. <laughs> How is uh how was the weekend otherwise then, other than, you know, putting it like fixing a patio? It was good. It was a good weekend, I think. The weather was nice, you know, spent some time out in the sun, played with the kiddo, had a good weekend. How about you? How was your weekend? I had a board meeting this weekend, so that's kind of what I was Whoa. doing for most of the weekend. <laughs> but uh, exciting because I got home today from that and uh, got to promptly jump in the car and go shopping for a new dishwasher. Oh, no. <laughs> because our dishwasher died and I had done some things to attempt to fix it and I thought I had fixed it and I had then realized I had failed that fixing of it and basically we I, I was able to ascertain I'm pretty sure it's one of two things that is wrong with it now um, and fixing it is basically the, the same price as getting a new dishwasher <laughs> so I was right, like well right. you know let's get a new dishwasher so we went dishwasher shopping and found one but we won't be able to get that dishwasher for at least two weeks. So that's pretty exciting because uh, apparently everyone is buying dishwashers right now. So that's great. Unless you want to buy a crappy dishwasher. There's lots of yeah. those available. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't want to buy a dishwasher. Just have to replace it again like I did this one in you know, the next three years. So uh, we'll wait. Um, but yeah, so two weeks. Gonna go back to the olden days for me of washing dishes after supper. And <laughs> Oh, man. 
<laughs> my partner read an article that like having a dishwasher saves the average family like 240 hours a year or something wow. like that. Yeah, Jeez. like it's a significant number of time a dishwasher saves just for you to be able to do other things. So I was like, oh man. So that's really like I'm not. It's not a situation where I'm like, oh, I'm too good to do dishes. Like I grew up doing dishes. I did do. I did di- like I never until crud. I mean, I think this is the first house I've actually ever lived in that had a dishwasher. I like had apartments mm. that have had him. Yeah. Um, but you know, for like a year that I was at a place or whatever. But like growing up, we never had one. So for me, this was like the first real experience I had with having my own dishwasher. And now I miss it because that's when put everything in the dishwasher sit down that's when it was like time to watch a movie or a tv show or maybe play some video games and now i'm just washing dishes instead and that's a bummer <laughs> so but yeah otherwise it was good it was like i said the weather's been beautiful here lately uh so can't complain about that though it hasn't it we got a pretty good downpour of rain uh friday night into saturday but other than that it hasn't rained in like two weeks so now we're getting into the part of the summer where I have to make some decisions about, am I just going to let my grass die? <laughs> no, right. like, what am I going to let have happen there? So at, that dump that we just got really helped. But I was like, our 10-day forecast has no rain in it at all. So I was like, oh, boy, here we go again. So, so yeah, but things are good. Things are good otherwise. Uh, okay, Josh, so here is my pre-game question for you. Hmm. Um, what is your... I mean, I think favorite is hard to say, but like when it comes to summer activities that you can do with a family, with friends, whether it be like going to a baseball game or going to a fair or going to whatever it might be, what are like your favorite summer staple activities that you do every year going to the beach? Like I said, going to a baseball game, you know, and the reason I I bring this up is the uh where i was having our board meeting they had like um this like summer fest thing going on there was like a u.s gymnastics like tournament going on and it also happened to be the weekend that they do their really big um farmer's market so there's like all this stuff going on and i'm like i'm sitting in a board meeting and there's all these cool things going on (laughs) right outside these windows that i was very frustrated by but like what are those favorite activities for you to do in the summer with the family things you look forward to doing each summer outside of like just grilling out and that kind of stuff Sure. Yeah. I mean, we go to the beach. Uh, I mean, COVID obviously changed some things, but we typically go to the beach every year. We go to New Hampshire to Hampton Beach for a week. Usually happens uh, right around my birthday. So it's nice little like uh, dual kind of vacation celebration thing. So that's always been nice. Um, Going to the zoo, you know, in the summertime when it's nicer out. Uh, that's always nice. You know, obviously my life has changed since I had a kid. So my summer activities are very much different, but, um, yeah, like you said, with uh, otherwise, you know, just the normal stuff like hanging out in the yard and grilling. And that was like, that was a big change with COVID. It was like, that's all you can do. So yeah. like, well, we might as well just do it every day if we can. And that was kind of what we did. Um, I like, it's been a long time, but I used to go out. There's like, we have a really big lake down the street that uh, you can rent kayaks or canoes or whatever. And, and I just bought a wet bag or a waterproof bag, whatever. Uh, I want to try to take my son out and do some kayaking on the lake, go swimming, stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I feel boring because I don't have like these like events and things I'm like planning or doing in the summer. I still, I love the summer. It's nice. It's a nice break from the 
rest of the year, I guess, where it does actually legitimately feel different than the rest of the year. Right. But I'm still working and I'm still tired and I'm still frustrated. So when you can get a break, um, I'm kind of just happy to have a break period. So, uh, yeah. What about you? What's your big summer? What's your, uh, what's your summer routine? So, you know, we, I've been fortunate that basically every place that I've lived and maybe it's just, this is just a tradition for almost everyone that there has been some level of minor league baseball, very close by whether in the city I live with mm-hmm. or within 15 minutes of the city that I live in. Uh, so, excuse me. Uh, so going to some minor league baseball games has, has always been the big thing. And I, the, what I really love about minor league baseball, especially, is that, you know, when you go to major league games, they're fun, but there's like this sense that you have to know things about the team, right? Like you have to know who the players are and yes. like all this stuff. When you go to minor league baseball, I don't know that anyone really cares, right? <laughs> like that not that there aren't hardcore fans, not that you don't like it's not important to like kind of get invested if that's what you want to do. But so many people is like, I am here to hang out, have a beer and a hot dog, watch some baseball. Whatever team is my team, I hope they win. But you know what? Especially depending on the level of minor leagues that those teams are, some of those players are there for three weeks or 13 years, it seems like, right? Like it's all yeah. over the place as far as like that goes. So it's really hard to have like loyalty to, you know, players and things like that when they're just often changing so very, very much. Plus they do so much more to entertain you, right? They have like fun promotions. They have ridiculous things that happen between innings. Like it's just a good time and, and just a great play- time to go out, have some fun, watch some baseball. Hopefully your team wins, but if they don't, yeah, whatever. Like it's not that huge of a deal, even if they don't win, right? You're not that mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if it's like a team you're you're super passionate about and then you lose, you're like, ah, like I don't know. I just something I've always loved about minor league baseball is how low pressure it feels. Yeah. Um, so that's one big thing. Uh a, a trip to the zoo every summer, obviously, kind of like you mentioned it for me is always a big deal. Um, big fan of, of going to the zoo. I always have been. Um, so that's another thing. And the final thing is something that I haven't done for a while, but I, I would really, really love to get back to. And that is um, being from Minnesota, like especially since I grew up around the Twin Cities, there is like one of the things that says that like you have kind of made it in life is that you or your family has a cabin you go to. Okay. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like everyone has a lake cabin in northern Minnesota, which depending on where you are in Minnesota, it could be anywhere from like an hour north of the Twin Cities to like four and a half hours north of the Twin Cities, just depending. Um, but that's kind of like the thing is that like, you know, that's that is the show of like accomplishment is that like you have a lake cabin to go to. And I not in a situation where especially just with where I live that something like that would make sense, because realistically, if I want to get a lake cabin, I might probably could do it in Wisconsin at a reasonable drive. But to get to a northern Minnesota one, it'd be. Uh, the the drive that I would have to make to make it worthwhile every weekend is just ridiculous. So, but I would like to get back to like renting like a lake cabin for like a week every summer, because there's just something about being on a lake that like reinvigorates and re-energizes me like nothing else does. And being surrounded by trees, having nothing else really going on, sitting outside in a lawn chair, fire burning, cold beer in your hand maybe making some s'mores yeah quiet evening as the sun is you're at sunset like the lake is just glass there's just something about that that can't really be replicated and what it does for uh making me excited about like life and going back to work and all those things um (laughs) so that is something that i would like to start doing again Uh, i was something that i was fortunate to have when i was a kid 
we didn't have a cabin, but my grandparents lived on a lake in northern Minnesota. So for me, close enough to, to kind of that experience. But yeah, that is just something I'd really, really like to get back to. And I was thinking about that this weekend. I was like, you know, all this stuff, farmer, like all that stuff is cool. But man, that, that is something I'd really love to get back to. Plus, what a great time to play a whole bunch of board games, right? Sure. Yeah. Oh, good. Great gracious. place to do that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so listeners, what are your like summer traditions, the things that you look forward to in summer, the activities that you do as a family, um, or maybe just the things you do yourself? We'd love to hear. Hit us up. Let us know kind of those things that you enjoy. With that, thanks for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, um, you can hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're proud to be part of the Play Some Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and Dollar Cinema. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Networks. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games, like we did last week with Tom Vassell, and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast archive, as well as all the other members of the network, no matter what type of board games you enjoy. There's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, even though you said you're never playing games anymore, <laughs> I see a number of games listed, Josh. So what have you been playing, sir? Yeah, I, I'm still playing uh, Marvel Snap. I'm still playing Forza Horizon 5. So those are the oldies, but the goodies. Um, and now I'm playing an old game that I used to play uh, again for... Well, for the first time on Xbox, at least. Um, so over the past week, Fall Guys has come out free to play on all platforms. Yeah. So I was like, well, it's been a it's been a minute since I played Fall Guys. I really enjoyed my time with it uh, on PlayStation and PC. So uh, I thought I would download it on the Xbox and give it a shot. And happy coincidence that my son also really enjoys it so i let him play some as well but he really just like at, like we take turns and go back and forth and he you know he's he dies right away or not dies he doesn't he gets eliminated right away um but there's so many more game modes now and maps and it's <laughs> right. just uh it feels like playing a whole new game it's a lot of fun i'm having a blast playing it um so yeah i like if you haven't played fall guys now's a great opportunity to get your hands on it because it's on all the platforms and it's free to play which is great so i think that's super cool and i definitely be throwing that on the switch and bringing it to the beach house this year as well to let everyone else experience fall guys um it's a ton of fun uh and then last week i did talk about um tmnt shredder's revenge uh, i had only played it at that point with my wife briefly and then um the the guys over at uh, Fluxpose podcast were doing a community night, and I was able to participate on Tuesday night. I stayed up way too late. I was very tired <laughs> the next day. Um, we played f uh, five and six players at the same time. Like we had six players for most of the night, and then someone yeah. had to drop out. Um, and we completed the game. We finished the game with five six players, and it was a blast. There was chaos on the screen uh, a lot. Um, but I really think they nailed it. They really captured that classic side-scrolling Ninja Turtles game um, in a way where it didn't feel like this gimmicky 8-bit, 16-bit graphic. Like, we get all these games that have this, like, um, this uh, aesthetic or design uh, 
thing. Uh, it really felt like perfect to the original game. So that was a lot of fun. I had, I had a blast playing it. And once you beat the game, you will not Casey Jones. So now I have another reason to play it again because now I have Casey Jones as an available character. But yeah, that was that's it really. But that was that was a lot of fun um, playing Ninja Turtles. Uh, as well. So and I, I didn't get any board games to the table, which is a bummer because I got my uh, Soul Forge Fusion Kickstarter. And oh, nice! I want to play it. And we should be getting uh, dice yeah, throw Marvel dice throw Marvel yeah. dice throw very soon because they've started shipping. I haven't gotten a shipping notification yet, but they have just a few backers to work through. So I'm not totally surprised with that. They said like something like 500 backers had shipping had games go out without shipping notifications. Oh, okay. Maybe so, I'm one of them. I doubt it, but could that's be one of us. Uh, so Josh, real quick, Marvel Snap. Is there any update on when this is coming to iOS? I, I don't know. I don't need to look. <laughs> <laughs> You're more plugged in, so I thought maybe. Uh, I haven't seen. I'm in. I'm in the Facebook group for them. Um, I do the surveys, but I haven't seen anything pop up as far as like an announcement for iOS. Okay, that's fine. I just thought I would check. <laughs> uh, second thing then for playing when playing Team NT Shredder's Revenge with yeah. you know that group of people. Did y'all finish a level with no one taking any damage? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> never. We got some of the special achievements but never did we ever get one that was like uh don't take any damage the whole level or don't fall into traps four times like we always got we always got victim of those yeah no i hear you there so cool well that's great uh i also haven't you know kind of transitioned to what i've been playing i've also been playing team and t-shirters revenge only by myself oh by myself <laughs> um and i'm really enjoying it so far i'm playing as april because i just figured play as somebody i've never really played as before yeah. so we'll go with april uh sure. she's great i actually really enjoy playing with her uh i was thrown off a little bit because when you start the game it's like okay here's the tutorial and it's like 30 pages of just like here's this move here's this move and i was like okay i know i was probably supposed to sit through this but i'm not going to so i skipped it right yeah and at first it wasn't a big deal going through i'm like this feels good i do think the fact that you the way you grab people is just by getting close to them yeah to me, that's a little awkward because sometimes I go, I'm like, oh, I'm going to walk up to grab them. But then like they punch me. I'm like, oh, well, dang it. Like, that's not yeah. what I want to have happen. Uh, but I wasn't doing anything because I was just walking up to grab you. Uh, so that's a little bit weird. So I have not also finished a level without taking damage. Uh, but <laughs> what really annoyed me, and this is my fault. This is not the game's fault because I skipped yeah. the tutorial. There was a part where um, I got to the part where there's like the little uh, Foot Clan guys and the little flying things, right? Yes. And I am sitting there trying to jump kick these guys and jump kick these guys and jump kick these guys. I'm like, this can't be what they intend. Like, there's no way this is what they intend because the shadows feel slightly off. And in those levels, too, you start getting like the little bugs that are shooting at you that are flying. I'm like, this cannot be what is intended. Um, So then I go back in and I look at the controls. I'm like, oh, there's a vertical attack. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Like, had I just watched the tutorial, I might have known about this vertical attack and I'd be way less frustrated than I am right now. Um, but once I got that, then things were good to go. I do feel like it is a little weird sometimes. Like, and and this is true for all games like this of like lining up your shadows of like when you're trying yes. to like attack things in the air or like I, that always just feels slightly off to me. Yeah. But overall, I, I am really enjoying the game. The levels are really quick. Um, I'm a I appreciate the fact that they have like the extra little bonuses of oh here's like a side mission for this person. I'm a little bummed though that they're basically all the same 
and you don't get you don't really get anything. You get credits with yeah, uh, which even then just use credits for. <laughs> yeah, so it is a that is a little bit like oh, I thought this was gonna be really cool, and then I'm like, well, okay, this is actually not all that cool. Yeah. Um, but overall, just playing the game is very fun. Uh, it, it is very very nostalgic. Whether you're a brawler fan or a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, uh, it, it's a great time. Um, a really easy recommend. You know, if you, obviously it's on Game Pass. If you have it there, awesome. Even if you don't, I, th- I still think, especially if you have friends to play with, I have to imagine, as you were saying, Josh, it's a great time. Yeah. So, TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, uh, go go ahead, go all out, go, and, you know, have some turtle power. Mm. Uh, the other thing I've been playing, Josh, I had kind of message, uh, mentioned that I was kind of in a rut. So, I was like, well, let's go back to the game I go back to when I'm in a rut. And I started playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla again. <laughs> um, now... Last time I played it, picked up Assassin's Creed Valhalla and started playing it, I talked about like how quickly I was able to pick up all the controls and stuff again. And for the most part, that was true again. However, for some reason, in my mind, I was like, why can't I craft arrows? Like, how do I craft arrows? I know there's a way to craft arrows. Why am I out of arrows? Why can't I figure out how to craft them? I was getting so frustrated. And then I found out, or remembered, depending on how you want to look at it, you actually can't craft arrows in this game. I don't know why I was so convinced that I could craft arrows. I was right. adamant. I'm like, no, I know I can do it. Why can I not remember? I'm like holding on different button combinations. I'm like how to bring it, bring up my mint. Like, I'm like, why can I not remember how to do this? And then I looked it up online, I think, if I recall. And then they're like, yeah, you can't craft. You just have to loot them. I'm like, really? Like, how did I forget that? Like, that's such a huge thing that I completely yeah. forgot. Because um, when I went back into my save, I had completed because i'm like perpetually behind uh, i completed the first dlc so now i am doing the second dlc which is um in france so i still haven't gotten to the current dlc which i'm that's the goal to get to <laughs> um and i i think i am right at, i'm at like 98 hours or something in ac valhalla i'm like just about yeah. to crack 100 hour mark but you know <clears throat> excuse me in september we're supposed to get the reveal of you know what is next for the future yeah of the future of assassin's creed yeah. <clears throat> and you know i was sitting here and i was thinking about all the games that i play and how you know i just recently was talking about how i really love narrative driven third person action games that are linear and all that good stuff and i do those are still <clears throat> by far my favorite games to play but you know i really like assassin's creed games i don't know why i like them so much because Overall, like, especially with Valhalla, Odyssey, and Origins, like, yeah, they did some different things and kind of how they handled weapons and upgrades and all that stuff was pretty different. But basically, like, you go to a place, you do the thing, you go to a place, you do the thing, you go to another place, do the thing. Hey, this time climb really tall on this thing and synchronize it, Mm -hmm. jump off, then go do the thing. Like, the games are very repetitive. But for some reason, I really, really like them. And I don't know what exactly it is about that. Because uh, I was like, you know, once I finish AC Valhalla, would I go back to playing Odyssey or Origins, especially since they now have like the 60 frame per second patches and all that good stuff? Yeah. And I think I would. I really think I would. So, yeah. Now, I, am I going to? I don't know. But playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla and thinking about, you know, this future of Assassin's Creed event in September, I'm really interested to see what direction they're going to go. Um, yeah. I just, oh, man, something about Assassin's Creed games. I know that they're really controversial. Some people love them. Some people love them, but hate the new ones. Some people love the new ones and hate the old ones. Hmm. I just really like all of them. I think they're pretty great. So, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and AC Valhalla. Was hoping to get a game to the table when I got home from my board meeting, but instead, I go shopping for a stupid dishwasher. So, <laughs> I blame that for that. But, all right. 
uh, before we get into our topics of the show, Josh, really briefly, um, yeah. last week there was a little bit of news that happened that we didn't cover because obviously we had Tom on and we were talking mostly about board game stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Capcom showcase happened, though, and the Final Fantasy VII showcase happened. Uh, anything yeah. there that sparked your interest? Anything that you were super excited about? Looking forward to Resident Evil DLC? Like, What are your, what are your thoughts just briefly like on what you saw from Capcom and, and Square in relation to Final Fantasy VII? Uh, well, I was, I was excited to see the Resident Evil Village DLC. Um, that was exciting to me. I don't want to spoil it because it, it picks up where the game ends. So if you haven't finished it, it's kind of a spoiler. Just watch yeah. the trailer for it. Um, so I'm excited to play that. Actually, I think it looks really interesting. And, um, we did talk a little bit about Square because I was talking about how I, the Final Fantasy, what is it? 13? No. 16 17 whatever it is doesn't look like what i remembered it being showcased as originally which i thought was like this game of thrones looking oh, style so, yeah. and uh, now we're getting this like more back to like traditional final fantasy it doesn't even it doesn't even remotely look like what i was picturing from the original reveal trailer which showed like a like a king, a boy king, like reminded me of like Joffrey, King Joffrey from Game of Thrones a little bit. Right. It, it seemed to feature like more medieval stuff and and this seemed to be more uh well, it seemed to be more Final Fantasy, which is fine for those people, but you know uh oh and I, and they also showed that was pre pre. That was like game yeah, that, showcase, right? That's what yeah, I'm, that was PlayStation. I'm yeah, mixing so I'm talking it too. To- yeah, so I'm just talking specifically about the Final Seventy-Seven showcase where we saw that, you know, we saw Final Fantasy Crisis Seven re- Core, Earth, yeah, Crisis Core remaster, kind of all that good stuff. Yeah, um, I'm, I mean, I'm excited to see uh, a little bit more of the next chapter to Final Fantasy Seven remake. Uh, it's mm-hmm. interesting that they showed Sephiroth as I don't think he's in your party. I think people think he's in your party, and I think it's just like. Uh, cloud's vision of him yeah I, I would have a hard time believing he's in your party but we'll see maybe they went crazy um so it looks pretty i mean i like to see some more gameplay of that uh i still have crisis core on my psp so i should see if where that resale value is now uh, <laughs> i enjoyed that game for what it was when i had it uh, it's been a long time since i played it but it kind of was like the basis for what the new final fantasy combat is uh in a way at very similar like open map combat so uh that could be interesting to see how they do with the remake i'm interested to check it out but yeah, yeah i was uh pretty I, I maybe surprise is the wrong term they showed way more than i thought they were going to though like they really didn't hold back and like hey you know here's crisis core here's our mobile game here's yeah uh the other mobile game that they're doing also Hey, you know, the Final Fantasy 7 remake is coming to Steam. Oh, also, here's Rebirth. You know, just really going yeah. through and sharing far more. I mean, kind of Final Fantasy 7 is almost becoming its own separate like thing from Final Fantasy, right? Like it's It's own, not even really Final Fantasy 7 anymore. Right. It's almost yeah, its right. own like offshoot like whole genre of Final Fantasy game now. It's very very interesting what they're doing with it and uh, yeah, so I was pretty surprised that they, they showed as much as they did. Um, the Capcom one, I was, yeah, I was totally fine with it. It was, you know, I, I still haven't finished Resident Evil 8, um, mm. but, you know, I, that's fine. I'll play it more eventually, <laughs> I guess. I actually watched uh, um, 
this weekend I actually watched a couple of horror movies, which is kind of not like me. Whoa. I know. Well, one of them I had seen and one of them I hadn't. So I actually watched A Quiet Place for the first time like a few weeks ago, I think. For the first time. For the first time. I'd never seen A Quiet Place wow. before. So then I watched this weekend. I watched A Quiet Place 2, which I hadn't yeah. seen yet. Uh, and then I watched It Follows, which I had seen, but I hadn't seen in a long oh, time. I love that movie. I know. It's so good. Oh, anyway, so maybe I'm getting more into watching certain types of horror, at least, because neither of those movies are like super gory sure. or anything like that, but um, very suspenseful. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll go back to Resident Evil 8. I don't know. Maybe I'm warming up to horror again, because I used to watch a ton of it, and I just have fallen off really hard in the last decade, but maybe I'm getting back to it. I don't know. So, uh, I did find it strange that like they did the Dragon Dogma, Dragon's Dogma stream at the same time as the Final Fantasy VII stream. Right. And then we're like, hey, we're making Dragon's Dogma 2. And it's like, oh, man, that's just... I feel like you should have put this at a different time. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Did you ever play Dragon's Dogma? <laughs> I tried it, uh, but it's been so long. I couldn't even tell you if I liked it at this point. Yeah, I because I, I played Darker Risen, um, like the collection of it. Uh, and I got to a certain point where I got, was completely lost about what to do and just stopped playing it. <laughs> so, But yeah, that's yeah. me as a video gamer, though. I really <laughs> like being told where to go. So, yeah, anyway. I hear you. But with that, Josh, what is your first story this week? Well, we got to hope that we can fix it with CGI. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Unfortunately, it seems (laughs) the new Sonic Origins game is going to have some problems. Did it come out? I think it came out, right? Uh, Or it's about to come out. Um, Yeah, I think it came out like just a few days ago from here. Sure. So, uh, Sonic Origins uh, developer had came in, uh, uh, came out saying they're very unhappy with the finished product um, of Sonic Origins, and essentially just fully blames Sega of America or Sega yeah. in general for the problems of this game. Um, they basically, as this is from Polygon, as Polygon says, they basically just disowned the finished product on Twitter. Excuse me. Um, so Simon uh, Tomley, who's a developer for Adkinen, um, did uh, acknowledge that there were uh, some, quote, issues in what we gave to Sega, unquote. But he also added that Sega's developers uh, um, did with that quote afterwards, which was, quote, introduce some wild bugs, <laughs> unquote, uh, that they're getting blamed for. And Adkinen has uh, assisted primarily on the remaster of 94's Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Sonic and Knuckles, where they talk about they were outsiders creating a separate project that uh, was then wrangled into something entirely different, as they, as he says, uh, where he takes responsibility for his and his team's mistakes. Uh, and there were some, um, like uh, overlooking some things, some rush jobs, stuff that they noticed that they weren't allowed to correct near the end. Um but he goes on. I mean, I don't need to get into the dirt of this. If you want to read it, you certainly can. Um, but he really goes on to talking about a lot of the issues they had with Sega. They weren't given the time to fix what they, well, they were, they don't think they were given the time to fix what the, the problems they saw. Um, and they weren't happy with some of the working conditions that they were uh, supplied with. And they just didn't want to fight sega on it like this should be something i would imagine this is sonic and you are sega shouldn't you be doing the best uh of your ability to keep sonic looking and playing the best it can why would you release something that 
potentially has some of these issues. Now, I haven't played it, so obviously I can't speak to uh, what the issues are. It did come out on June 23rd, so it came out last Thursday on Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, PC, Xbox One, Series X. Um, and yeah, it has a, you know, it's a, it's a collection of Sonic games that apparently uh, aren't going to play super great. Now, I'm thinking, because they made it so it's playable, you can uh, like play as Knuckles or Tails in games that they didn't previously, um, I don't want to say belong in, they weren't previously in. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to assume that's probably where some of the issues are, um, but sounds like there's a lot of glitches and just like level design errors that are happening as well. Uh, you could probably jump by the Twitch and watch someone play it and see if they have some issues. Uh, <laughs> so, what do you think? We're we're still we're still in this world where games are getting released broken. Why is this still happening? And and like this is a uh, games that are already existed. Why wasn't it a simple port? What happened? <laughs> what well, what I find fascinating about this and. This is just one of those things that I never really would have thought of or considered, right? Is that like Headcanon specifically worked on Sonic 3 and Knuckles. They didn't work on Sonic like Sonic 1 or Sonic 2 or Sonic CD in this collection. Yeah. They just worked on that one. And for some reason, it never really occurred to me that when you did a remastered collection that you would farm out different games to different studios. Like I just assumed that all of them would be done by the same person or the same team or the same group to have some consistency and cohesion between them. Uh, but apparently that is not the way it works all of the time, or at least in this case. Um, so this is a tough one, right? Because obviously, you know, you're, you're remastering games that some people super love, and that's always going to be a very challenging thing to do. And I, I think we sometimes feel that remasters should be more simple than they are. Because uh, clearly, with the number of remasters we've ke- seen come out recently that just have not gone well, obviously there must be uh, <clears throat> more challenge there than we would we would think of bringing something like this to a modern to modern consoles. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that you know it's easy to say that. Well, time is always of an essence, right? Like you're trying to get these things out by a certain time, and there's only so much time in the day. And you know, as developers, they're probably pushing as hard as they can to get done by the deadlines that they're given. Um, so that's like the tough part, right? Is like, what is the realistic expectation? Like, where was the business management side to figure out like how long this probably was going to take, how much money they could invest into it, um, and what could they recoup for it? And you know, if it was a strict deadline that they had to have it out by X day, you know, well, maybe then you shouldn't have done it if you couldn't afford to do it for longer to do it right, right? Um, and and that's just the tough part about it, and. You know, they they mentioned some other issues that they had that they had to change some of the music in like in the Sonic Three one because of licensing things. So then it becomes a, th- a situation of like, okay, well, do you change the music, but people are going to be upset about that, or do you just not include it? Right? Yeah. Like, what, what do you do? You know. Right. So it it's tough, and I, I I do feel bad for the developers as a whole. One thing that. I found kind of fascinating as I was listening to, I don't remember what podcast it was. So my apologies that I can't give them credit for it, but they were talking about, you know, Sonic as a whole and like how Sonic, it seems to be like very, there's a very passionate fan base in the United States for Sonic. But part of the reason that Sonic games in general, aren't um, 
maybe as good traditionally as we want them to be is because the fandom for Sonic that exists in the United States is not the same in Japan. So like the people who work on the on the Sonic team like aren't obsessed with Sonic. Like it's just another game that right. they have to make. Right. You know, so it, it's not like the same where it's like Mario is big there. So like the, you know, the Mario thing is big, but like the the fandom or the passion around Sonic just isn't the same. It's just another game that they're making. So the Sonic fans be like, how could they do this to us? They just is not that they're specifically like Sonic fans, we're going to try to make this really bad for you. They just don't have the same passion about Sonic. Now, again, like I said, it was a, an interview someone else was doing. I, I don't know how accurate that is, but it does seem like that Sonic is always that series. It's like, oh, this looks promising. We get this thing, you know, <laughs> that's done outside like with, um, oh, shoot. What was that one Sonic game? Um, Sonic Mania? Yes, thank you. That like everyone loves Sonic Mania, right? They're like, oh, this is amazing that it wasn't made by, you know, Sega. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just, just really disappointing. I, I I do wish this game was gonna be better. I've never been a huge Sonic fan though. I've like played Sonic One and Two a little bit, but I don't know. I've just never been a huge fan. I honestly didn't even really know that Sonic Origins was a thing. I didn't <laughs> tell the story like broke and people were upset about it. I didn't. I couldn't have even told you that this was coming out this year because of Sonic Frontiers. Like that's the only Sonic game I thought was coming out this year. Right. Um. But what about you, Josh? What are your thoughts on this? Like, are you gonna jump in and play some Sonic Origins? Like, what are you thinking? I mean, I want, there's like a lot of games in that collection, like Sonic CD that I want to play again, but you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to support half made, half, well made, half (laughs) re-release games. I'm trying, I'm watching a stream and I was trying to figure out like if it's bad, but the person's playing is just not good at it. So that's like irrelevant. Um, there was some glitches that, that happened while I was playing, but it was just like uh, background glitches that didn't really affect oh, okay. the gameplay. So, I mean, it might not be so bad. It might just be some glaring issues. I, I'm certainly not going to buy it without looking more into like the like how many issues there are. If it's like unplayable, like why get it? Why get a collection of games if one of them is unplayable? Right. Like, why? Why do that? Why just? Why not wait? Um, just thanks to see that happening. Um, but you know, we're still here. I keep thinking we're going to get past it. I thought we moved past it with like Assassin's Creed and then we just kind of like sidestepped right into cyberpunk. And now we're just time traveled back to Sonic and have (laughs) these issues with Sonic now. Right. So I, I, you know, I don't really know what's going to happen with it, but, uh, hopefully they figure out what's, what's going on. So. The people who want to really want to play Sonic, because they do have, you know, there's Nintendo kids, there's Sega kids. The Sega kids had Sonic, you know, those people out there who love Sonic. So I hope they get the game they uh, deserve for their money, at least. Indeed, indeed. All right. Well, if you're a Sonic fan, let us know if you're playing it and if if it's any good or not, because... I mean, the reviews aren't quite as bad as I anticipated they were going to be based off of this story and things. They're not great, but they're not also, you know, trash can on fire level. So, right. (laughs) All right. Well, Josh, my first story uh, is something I find a little interesting here. Um, This is coming from uh, Ian Harris over at Games Radar. Uh, Destiny 2 players sued for $7.6 million over fraudulent DMCA take down spree uh, from the story destiny 2 developer bungie is suing the player allegedly behind the recent fraudulent dmca takedown spree on youtube for over 7.65 million 
Earlier this year, content creator and Bungie itself were hit with copyright strikes over music related to Destiny 2 and the original game on YouTube. The developer swiftly stated that that those actions were not taken at the request of Bungie or its partners with a lawsuit against 10 John Doe's soon following. Now, though, Bungie has filed an amended complaint. A content creator called Lord Nazo, named as Nicholas Miner in the lawsuit, uh, thanks to Game Post for that information. <laughs> the lawsuit claims that the miner's account, that miner's account, not the miner, that miner's account was served legitimate copyright notices on several videos before the imp- before they impersonated Bungie's brand protection vendor, CSC Global, to send fraudulent takedown notices in retaliation. Ninety-six separate times, Miner used his fake CSC Gmail addresses to exploit the hole in YouTube's DMCA process security that allows anyone at all to claim to be representing a rights holder for purposes of issuing a takedown with no real safeguards against fraud, the lawsuit says. 96 times, Miner sent DMCA takedown notices purportedly on behalf of Bungie, identifying himself as Bungie's brand protection vendor in order to have YouTube instruct innocent creators to delete their Destiny 2 videos or face copyright strikes, disrupting Bungie's community of players, streamers, and fans. And all the while, Lord Nanzo was taking part of the community discussion on Bungie's takedown, spreading disinformation. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, and then I'm only going to read one more paragraph. <clears throat> Further into the complaint, Bungie's legal representatives explain that YouTube's DMCA reporting form requires those submitting complaints to use a Google account if they report party processes, DMCA requests via a YouTube content management product, like Creator Studio or Content Manager. As such, CSC uses a Gmail account for DMCA work relating to YouTube videos. No wonder it's so easy to spoof this because you're (laughs) making companies create generic Gmail accounts. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, Josh, here's my question for you. Bungie's going over this guy, I assume, dude, for $7.6 million, right? Yeah. Uh, Because basically they're charging charging him with $150,000 per incident. Um, And, you know, as we said, 96 times they did this. Yeah. So, Josh, here's my question. Fair of Bungie or foul of Bungie? (laughs) Should they do this? Should they be doing this? I don't know that it, I would don't even know that I would even want to comment on Bungie. Like, shame on this dude. <laughs> sure, I agree. Or guy or girl. Like, shame on Nicholas Minor. Like, uh, and, and to do it that many times. Like, you understand you're exploiting a thing, and whether it was an accident the first time or not, probably not. Uh, you do it 95 more times, shame on you. <laughs> Fool me 95 times, shame on you. <laughs> um, I mean, they're obviously not going to get that much money from him. They know that. They're not going to get that much money from anybody because they just file bankruptcy uh, or bankruptcy protection or whatever they're allowed to file. But um, uh, yikes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have more of a comment than yikes. Uh, it's pretty bad that this can happen, period. Um, but then to go to this whole thing where this person's now going into message boards and stirring up more things and right probably feels real smart and real proud of himself 
like I I don't want ever to have one DMCA. I know notification for anything I, I do, so I can't even imagine uh, having the cojones to do something like this. <laughs> so I guess here's kind of like building on my question, then, Josh. You know, we get on companies a lot for being overzealous sometimes with their actions in relation to copyright, right? Yeah. You know, we Nintendo gets a lot of flack for, you know, you know, takedown notices of, of fan made things and all that other stuff. Um, where's the line between being like a good, like, you know, allowing people to um, use the things that you've created um, to, to develop things and being a bully right obviously what this person did was wrong assuming that they actually did it but right. what then is what do you think is appropriate recourse for bungie to do is suing them for 7.6 million dollars appropriate or is some or should bungie be doing something else because clearly they're trying to make an example of this yeah. right and i think part of the example is not just about this person it's about youtube you need to fix your crap right like why yes was this even allowed to happen is probably part of it as well. And I'm haven't read the brief, but my guess is that's probably in there somewhere too. But yeah. like, so, so is this, do you think a appropriate for them to do this? Or if not, like what should they be doing to like punish, if you would, for lack of a better word, Nicholas minor, but like, do you think this is more about the person or do you think this is more about YouTube's how YouTube handles the DMCA stuff? I don't, you know, I don't know. I think they would have to be more clear about it. But I think if it was me and I was Bungie or or anyone really, I would I would say something like, you know, they might. We don't even know if they would have asked for a DM. They if they would have issued a DMCA takedown if they found these videos. So what you have here is this person. Forget about bungee bullying someone. You have this person bullying innocent content creators who maybe just want to play Destiny and share it with people. And now he's terrifying these people because you don't want a DMCA takedown notification. 100%. And if I'm bungee, that's what I would say. Like, we're here, we're trying to represent these people who we would either we would have never issued a takedown Mm -hmm. or we were fine with the content they were creating. We don't think it broke any of the rules, whatever the case may be. Uh, and we're, you know, we're using his him as an example because we support you guys. We like we support our fan base, and we want to know, we want you to know that we have your back, or we're protecting you, and that this shouldn't be happening. And then they should say, like, hey, we're we're working with YouTube to figure out a better way to avoid something like this happening in the future. I think that's the right way to handle it. I mean, I I don't know how they're what they're like going to do, but um, I don't I don't think if they just like sued him for one hundred fifty thousand dollars, it would get noticed or anyone would care, and it would get dropped. So like, it's a big number on purpose. So I mean, I guess I'm more on board with it than I'm not. But okay. I don't think I don't think they're bullying anybody. I think it's them taking care of a bully. Okay. No, that's a, that's a really interesting perspective on it. So. Can I ask you another question then of course. Uh, about a similar story that is not in the show notes, but here we go. <clears throat> this is also from Games Radar. This is from, this was published nine days ago. Okay. So a little bit longer ago um, than this story, which was four days ago, right? 
Destiny 2 cheat makers to pay Bungie $13.5 million in damages. Um, this is from Anne-Marie Osler over at Games Radar. That's <laughs> yeah. $2,000 for every time the cheat software was downloaded. Creators of cheat software for Destiny 2 have reportedly agreed to pay Bungie $13.5 million in damages. As spotted by Torrent Freak, Bungie has settled its lawsuit with Elite Boss Tech to the tune of $13.5 million. Back in August last year, Bungie filed a lawsuit against that company for developing cheating software for Destiny 2. Um, so here's my question, Josh. Is this fine? Is, is it okay? should for-, for more. <laughs> okay. okay. I couldn't play Fall Guys for over a year because of cheat software. It just made the game unfun. And I'll tell you what, if I was playing Destiny 2, and, and I probably was in playing with cheaters, uh, that drives me crazy. I can't stand it. And obviously, if this company is able to pay this money, they were making a ton of money off of this cheat software. Right. I hate it. I hate cheaters. Get them. <laughs> get them, Bungie. <laughs> I don't get it. You, and, and Destiny 2, if you're cheating, you're doing it in PvP. True. That is very like, true. That's very war- like, that's awful. You're you're really just... I, I don't like that. Um, Kind of the last little part of this is that as part of their agreement, the cheat makers allegedly cannot make or distribute any software that infringes on Bungie's intellectual property rights. Quote, this permanent injunction is binding against the defendants worldwide without regard to the territorial scope of the specific intellectual property right asserted in the complaint and may be enforced in any court of competent jurisdiction wherever defendants of their assets may be found. Any violation of this order by defendants will subject them to the full scope of this court's contempt contempt authority, including punitive, coercive, and monetary sanctions. Good. I love it. That's good. Get so, them. Get them where they're where they're uh, taking advantage of other people. So it, it, I, you know, for all of the things that, and then um, the other thing too, that just happened, I, I don't want to uh, misspeak this. So I do want to look this up really quick, but you know, Bungie's doing a lot of things that uh, both, uh, I think people are, they, I feel like are one of the more active companies when it comes to um, really standing up for what they think is right. Even if people disagree um, and, and I just find it like just really refreshing that the company is as tra- transparent as it is, um, because, you know, I, I understand that there are times when as a company it can be helpful to be, you know, silent or to not say anything. Yeah. Um, but but they are just very, very um, it seems to be at least authentic and, and true to who they are as a company. Um, and this just actually happened a couple of days ago, um, you know, obviously with everything going on with Roe versus Wade. Um, Bungie had come out firmly, you know, against the the decision being overturned, and now obviously mm-hmm. this week that that happened where it was officially overturned. Um, and Bungie updated their blog post today to, to say, "quote uh, Last month we say without reservation that all of us deserve to choose our own path and access of access to healthcare we need." The decision by the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade cuts off millions of Americans from that access and leaves open the possibility of even further restrictions on life saving healthcare for all of us. Bungie is committed to ensuring that every one of our employees and their families have safe and affordable access to essential healthcare needs. As we continue to expand our digital first workplace to more states, we will now be implementing a travel reimbursement program for any employee to use when they or a dependent cannot gain access to the healthcare they need where they live. Yeah. And they couldn't have done that under Activision. I don't just, I mean, well, even PlayStation, who was telling people that they couldn't um, or was discouraging studios from uh, talking out about 
yeah. the Roe v. Wade. Like multiple PlayStation Studios now have come out and said like that they're against this. So I don't know if something softened in PlayStation or they were people were emboldened by Bungie's lead or what. But you know, and this isn't to say that whatever you well, I'm gonna be clear. Let's not get into I think, it. <laughs> no, I'm gonna be clear. I think that the fact that they overturned Roe v. Wade is horrible. It's but, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, and if you you think differently, that's that's no, your, I'm, I'm not going to get into it. Um, <laughs> but the fact that Bungie, as a company, is like, hey, guess what? We are going to go after you if you are breaking our game and creating cheese. We are going to go after you if you are misrepresenting our company um, yeah. in a way that we don't think is fair. We are going to stand up for this thing and, and not care what people say about it. Like, you don't see that very often in corporate America. Yeah. Um, so seeing them being as transparent as they are, and you can choose, right? Like, that allows you to be a very conscious consumer of what you're getting if you are choosing to invest in a bungee game. You yeah. know what you're investing in. Um, and we just don't see that that often. So whether you agree with them or disagree with them, I think the fact that they're being very clear about who they are, I think, is helpful for everyone. So I agree. Cool. What's your next story, Josh? Well... Uh, Netflix uh, is getting into gaming. Uh, they talked about it on Geek Week. Uh, I think it was like two weeks ago, right during E3 ish, E3 Summer Games Fest ish. Um, and they have now announced they're going into the breach, if you will. <clears throat> so not only is Into the Breach getting a big update, but it's also coming to mobile platforms, iOS and Android. Thanks to Netflix. Um, not only is it expanding, uh, as uh, Polygon says, in all sorts of ways. Um, first, they have uh, an expansion. They have an advanced edition of the game that's coming out July 19th, which will add new missions, new weapons, a new difficulty mode, seven new languages, and plenty of additional features for free if you currently own the game. But also, it's coming to iOS and Android thanks to Netflix. So if you have a Netflix subscription, you'll also be able to download that game as part of your subscription. So that's cool. Free game. Um, Subset Game says uh, it will be the same game that exists on other platforms, apart from a redesigned interface to work with the phones. Uh, and it will not include ads or in-app purchases. And it will include the Advanced Edition content. Uh, that version is also coming out on July 19th as well. Um, and lastly, for uh, our collectors, they will be releasing a physical version for the Nintendo Switch. Have you played Into the Breach? I know we talked about it a long time ago, I think with William uh, when he was on. But have you mm -hmm. ever played Into the Breach? Uh, I have not played Into the Breach. Uh, it is a game. I think I own it on something. I don't remember what. But uh, I have not played it yet. Have you played it yet? I haven't played it. I've been told it's good. I've been told I would like it. I just haven't played it. So does this uh, uh, news make it more likely that you'll try it on your phone? Or will you try to find it on your PlayStation and try it? Or do you think this is just something that uh, snuck past you and you don't need to go back and try to, to play it? Well, so here's the thing. There was a game that just came out recently. Um, point point P. Point, what? Point, point P. Um, yeah, I think it's point P O I N P Y. Point P. So anyway, it's from the creator of Downwell. Okay, has this yeah. new game called Point P. 
that is also now just in the last few days, I believe, uh, last maybe week or two, came out on Netflix Gaming. Josh, downloading these games is a bit complicated. Is it? Because you, so you have to like be able to like, so you can go to the app store if you want to and find the game and download it. But then in order to play it, you have to be able to sign into your Netflix account, which on the surface, probably not a big deal, right? But Josh, I don't always really remember my Netflix login information. So sometimes (laughs) when you can't remember your login information, it makes it really hard to then play these games. Or like if you go into your Netflix app on your phone, you can, I think, find games and then click on it and then it redirects you to the store and then you could download it that i mean it just isn't super smooth i guess right now i i don't know how to make it better necessarily and maybe i i'm overcomplicating it maybe it's easier than i think it is um but i, I don't know yeah, like, look i'm playing point p right now i just went into the netflix app okay good that's great yeah, Was, did you have games just listed there when you went into netflix on your phone yeah it's on the bottom next is to it okay categories okay. So yeah, but I've heard really good things about Point P. Like I said, it's I'm down well but going it. up. Oh, it's <laughs> down well but going up apparently, which is great because I love down well. So let's do up well. That's great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll probably give it a shot. I don't know that I'll play into the breach this way because, like I said, I think I own it on other stuff. Um, but if they have interesting things on there, like Point P sounds cool. Like it's you know, like I said, I really like down well, so I want to give that a shot. Maybe I'm just too dumb to figure it out. Um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. think I'm, that's it. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool with it. What about you, Josh? Are you going to play some Into the Breach thanks to Netflix? Well, I will say it does connect to your profile and it, your game progress is connected to your Netflix profile, which is cool. Um, I like that I can do that. Um, there seems to be a bunch of games available. Yeah, there's like 18 or 20 games I think that they have. So I'll try some of these. I don't think I'm going to play the Stranger Things game, but... Uh... <laughs> there's some cool looking games in here i'll try them out i like that it's an option right like do i think of netflix as my gaming choice no do right I, like think of like that in that way i, I don't but uh, i like that it's an option and yeah i mean it's i'll probably try into the breach because i know that i can just you know go into the app and try it which is good uh but I guess the big question is, did I install that game to my phone? I did. And I wanted to uninstall that. <laughs> the more games that I want to try, it's not quite like, you know, Game Pass has it like really good with cloud gaming. I don't have to use up all my like not to, well, data one and uh, space on my phone too. Uh, so to be able to avoid that would be nice. So I don't know that I'll be trying all the games available for Netflix. Well, but. and they're just going to take away from your time with Marvel Snap. So. Well, nothing will take away from my time with that. In fact, I didn't even log into my other game today, my Strike Force. What was oh no! Even thinking. <laughs> Too much. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I think it's cool. I like that they're they're uh, getting more games out there and on a different on a different platform. So just like in different contexts, like someone who might watch like Netflix movies on their phone on a commute or something might accidentally stumble upon games and try something that they never played before, like into the breach. Right. So I think it's cool. Good for them. As long as they don't charge me more for games that I'm not going to play. <laughs> well, they're not going to charge you more. They're just going to keep laying off people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anything else about uh, Netflix games, Josh? 
No, check them out if you cool. can. All right, Josh. So my final topic. Uh, maybe games aren't as bad for us as we thought they were, or maybe we always knew that they weren't that bad for us. Yeah, who says they're bad? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> this is from, uh, you know, a little bit of a different source than usual. The SciPost, P-S-Y-P-O-S-T dot org, um, by Eric Dolan over there. Uh, and the article states, uh, quote, sexualized video games are not causing harm to male or female players, according to new research. Uh, I'm going to read most of this article just because uh, it's probably going to be easier than me trying to summarize it. (laughs) Uh, Sexualization in video games does not appear to harm players, according to new research published in Computers and Human Behavior. The findings indicate that playing video games does not lead to misogynistic views or detrimental mental health outcomes. Female characters are often attractive and scantily clad in video games, although there appears to be a decline in this trend over time, which there's actually more research about that you can link there if you want to. Um, Some people have raised concerns that the sexualized portrayal of women has negative effects on players, but research on this topic has produced mixed results. To better understand whether playing video games is associated with decreased player well-being or increased misogyny, the authors of the current research use a statistical technique known as meta-analysis to systematically assess the results of previous research. Quote, I've been studying effects of video games on players for two decades now, most of it on violence. I think most people have come to accept that there's no relationship between violent video games and aggression or violent crime, despite some holdouts, including the APA, end quote, explained study author Christopher J. Ferguson, a professor of psychology at Stetson University. However, people still ask a lot of questions about sexualization and whether games either make male players more sexist towards women or whether women players experience more body dissatisfaction and other well-being concerns. It's a much smaller research field than the violence field, so we hope to bring some clarity to it. Ferguson and his research team conducted a meta-analysis of 18 relevant studies. All the studies included a measure of exposure to general or sexualized video games. 15 of the studies measured aggression toward women or sexist attitudes, while 10 studies measured outcomes related to depression, body image, or anxiety. But the researchers failed to find a statistically significant link between video games and either sexist attitudes or psychological well-being. Overall, the moral panic over video games sexualization is pretty much following the paint-by-numbers patterns of the video game debate. Lots of hyperbole and moral outrage, but very little evidence that video games are causing any harm to either male or female players, Ferguson told SciPost. As a purely public health issue, this doesn't appear to be of much concern at all. That doesn't mean people can't advocate for better representations of females in games. They just need to be cautious to not make claims of harm that can be easily debunked, thereby calling into question whether others, what might otherwise be reasonably advocacy goals. The researchers also assessed the quality of the studies, examining factors such as pre-registration, standardized measures, independent ratings of video game content, and the use of control variables. The major caveat is simply that many of the studies just aren't very good, Ferguson said. The good news is, is that the higher quality studies were less likely to find evidence for negative effects than lower quality studies. In some cases, scholars probably interjected their personal moral opinions into the studies, if unintentionally. Granted, it's still a severely small research area, but this initial data has been so underwhelming that I'm not sure there's much to be mined here. Obviously, we go through the cycles of blaming media for social problems, the researcher added. At least with fictional media, the evidence often reveals that we are probably scapegoating media and fiction rarely causes social problems. Again, to be fair, advocating for better representation of females in games can be a worthy cause even if the games don't cause harmful effects. I suppose those efforts just... I suppose those efforts just hope advocates don't misrepresent the evidence as part of their efforts, which unfortunately is all too common among advocacy advocacy groups. So if you want to read the whole study, the study is titled The Sexualization of Video Games Cause Harm on Players, a meta-analysis. Meta, oh, 
a meta-analytic, I don't know why that was so hard for me to say, the double A really caught me there, examination. Um, so yeah, if you want to go read Computers and Human Behavior and read that, uh, go ahead and read the whole study if you want. Maybe Ooh. I will. Uh, but Josh, thoughts on, uh, you know, sexual the representation of females in video games um according this meta-analysis at least is saying it does not lead to increased misogyny um or mental health concerns thoughts uh i mean we've been talking about this for as long as people have been blaming video games for things it's not a crazy leap right for um I don't even want to say uneducated. It's not a crazy leap for someone to look for a reason why something happened. And in a lot of times, it goes to music. It goes to entertainment, music, movies, video games. So I don't think it's crazy that people think that Grand Theft Auto can cause um, kids or adults to have violent tendencies. But the problem therein lies like they don't do the research. They just say, okay, uh, this point to this point, this makes sense to me. I don't need to look at what's in between those points. This leads to this. I get it. It makes sense because that person just killed this person with no consequences. So it's just like that. And and when and I don't know if if um, when Chris when Christopher Ferguson says that. Uh, um, many of the studies just aren't very good and he's just tooting his own horn or because, <laughs> you know, no. maybe he's a little bit biased there too, but I, oh, I, sure. yeah. I agree that, uh, they're pro- like, if there are a lot of studies, we don't hear about them a lot. They're sometimes cited in like, uh, lawsuits. But if you're like watching a clip of uh, when Ed Boone had to sit in front of Congress, you're not, going to look up the studies that they're referencing and they're probably not even mentioning the studies because they don't support the argument that the senators are pushing in certain situations so like studies are only important to the people trying to push their their agenda which is why studies happen <laughs> uh and i think if they just focus more on the causality of what like the studies of like why are we looking into the sexualization of of women in video games and and can we see if it does give them lower self esteem and if the studies came back that they did would people listen i think that's the next big question is is square enix going to change how lara croft looks i know they did but was that as a result of studies showing that their portrayal as this character was harmful to people or was it because we all have as people have changed to like what we like and what we see in video games and how we want to play as our characters you know i I just i think you mostly main female characters when you have a choice right when you're playing games i do so and, and you know a lot of people don't do that because they can't identify with that character but also video games are an escape for a lot of people so do you want to be building a character who looks exactly like you as close as you can get them. Like with that Saints Row boss maker, like do you want to make your yourself and play as yourself? Or would you rather play as someone that like you can separate yourself from? And I, maybe that's another study they can do. Do the people who like to create themselves in Grand Theft Auto, are they more likely to commit crimes than a person who 
creates a character that doesn't look anything remotely like them and does the same things. Like I'm sure there's studies for everything, but it's interesting to see that um, they're starting to put this news out there. This like get this out to the more mainstream who might, I don't know who's reading uh, a scipost.org, uh, but <laughs> at least the, the studies out there and we're talking about it. So that's a good thing to move. It yeah. Forward. I think one of the hard things with all of this stuff is, <clears throat> you know, their research is always challenging because there's almost is always a way for your research to be better than it was. Right. So like there's only so many um, things that you can do um, to make it at, so that you can um, apply your research to a, a larger population, right? Um, and typically what that means is that the, the in order for you to be able to apply your research broadly, it means that the research itself has to have very few internal controls on it, right? It, it, it can't have a lot of, um, it, it can't have so many restrictions um, or internal validity on it, or, or you, it can't have such significant internal validity that it's not uh, able to be you know, kind of shared out with the world and applied to greater populations than just what you work with. And this was always hard in conversations with this and, and, and conversations related to video game violence and video game and, you know, the role sexuality plays in video games. Like, is it highly likely that someone who maybe did an awful violent thing also played violent video games? Yeah, probably right. likely. Probably because they're a violent person, they sought out the violent thing, right? right. Like, I also play a ton of violent video games, but I'm not a very, but I'm not a violent person. And I play them because I like video games, right? right? Like the reason for playing the thing is different for everyone, right? So like, yes, is it possible that someone who listens to really disturbing music, um, like committed a horrible crime? Yeah, but maybe the reason they fought, sought out that disturbing music was because they were disturbed prior to listening to that music, right? right? Like that is what drew them to it. Whereas other people might be drawn because of the instrumentation or whatever else might bring the person to that thing, right? And and that's what the hard part of all of these studies is. There's usually really no way to um, be able to assess the person's beliefs, attitudes, and things prior to that moment, right? Like you don't know what brought them to the thing. You know, it's, it's probably highly unlikely that someone was not violent and then played Grand Theft Auto and then became violent, right? Like, that's, I think that's what people think happens, but it's actually that they were probably violent before that. Maybe you didn't see it, but that doesn't mean they weren't, you know? And that's always the, just the tough thing about this. And I always, I always am a little, um, I, I my guess is that this this meta analysis probably doesn't tell the entire story either, um, but I do think it's it is one that is interesting in the sense of as the meta analysis says it's not something we see much reported on right like we hear about and people talk about representation in games and why it matters and the role that it plays but we I, I don't think we've actually really heard many or I haven't at least heard many arguments that. The depiction of women in video games needs to change because um, it's leading to increased misogyny. That isn't something that I've heard right. often. I typically hear like, hey, as a woman, I would like to be able to play a game where I just look like a reasonable woman. Right. Like that's like really the all that they're typically looking for. So. Yeah. But anyway. Well, we saw yeah. it with all this Aloy stuff with all these yeah. gross gamers coming out. Yes. And I mean, 
I know it's probably not true, but I wonder how many of those, like, those can't all be real, right? Like, that's just, like... Well, you hope they're not real, but I feel like they probably are all real. <laughs> I, they probably are. The world's a, a nightmare, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> listeners, let us know what your thoughts are. Um, does it surprise you? Does this meta-analysis what you expected it to be or not expected it to be? Uh, what are your thoughts? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, with that, Josh, any questions this week at all? No questions. We got, uh, we got an email from the Calico Corner. Uh, yes. Just... Uh, um, saying we did a good job with the interview with Tom, so we appreciate that, and that he's playing Ninja Turtles. And I'm glad he's playing Ninja Turtles, so great. <laughs> Thanks for the emails. <laughs> Keep sending them all. I like reading them. Even if I don't share them every week, uh, I still read them, so I appreciate you sending the emails. So anyone, feel free to send us some emails, and we'll uh, engage in some way or the other. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. So yeah, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or email us boardwithvg at gmail.com. We would love to get your communique. Uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and kind of move towards wrapping things up. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that's helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your suggestion or recommendation this week for our listeners? Well, I haven't been doing too much movie or TV watching. Shocker, I know. Um... But Doctor Strange 2, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, is now out on Disney+. Plus. So if you were waiting to see it, um, now's the perfect opportunity. I will say, if you didn't watch WandaVision and you don't think you're going to before you see this movie, do yourself a favor. While in Disney+, Plus, go into the Marvel Assembled tab. And watch the Scarlet Witch eight-minute uh, video, and it will give you all the back story you need for her character before you watch the movie, and should clear up any anything because there's like a lot kind of there's a lot that you should know about Wandavision that kind of carries over to this movie. So I would say that's important to at least watch the Marvel Assembled on Scarlet Witch, um, and then watch. It's very good, enjoyable Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness on Disney Plus. Awesome! I need to watch that still. I have not seen it yet, so Here yeah, you go. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it. Awesome, uh, Josh. My recommendation is going to be maybe an odd one. Uh, it looks odd, so I'm curious what it is. <laughs> Josh, do you know what starts on on, on July first? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to take a stab at what begins on July first? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, this Friday, uh, the Tour de France kicks off. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, I would never uh, have guessed that in a million yeah. years. <laughs> the Tour de France starts this Friday. Uh, so July first, uh, it starts. I am a big fan of watching professional cycling. It, I know it's not a thing that most people find enjoyable, but I absolutely love it, and it. I believe it, it will be streaming again on Peacock. Um, I sure hope so. That's why I kept Peacock. So I never double checked. But I just assumed that it's going to be. Probably should double check that. Because um, it used to be on uh, NBC Sports. So I'm assuming it's on Peacock now. Because um, it was last year at least. Um, so yeah. It, it, I, I would encourage people to give it a shot. The first stage is a great one to watch. Uh, this year the first stage is a very short time trial. So um, you're going to get riders going very quickly. Very short race. Um so it's going to be a really good way to kind of jump in and be able to kind of see if it's something that you might enjoy. Um, I I know that 
<laughs> some people don't like professional cycling because they're like, wow, they're all doped up. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that is not a hundred percent dishonest. <laughs> um, you know, the the number of stu- uh, riders who are excuse me testing positive these days is down significantly from you know it's heyday uh but obviously you know take that for what it's worth i feel like that's true in most sports these days um but yeah there's a very young um rider uh oh gosh i I always struggle with pronouncing his name uh tade pogachar i believe is how you say it is the two-time defending champion of the tour de france Uh, he's only 23 years old uh, so he's going for his, uh, you know, the win his third in a row. Uh, he was the Olympic road race bronze medalist this year. Um, so he's a very, very good rider. I think he's won every uh, race he has started this year since the professional cycling season began. So he's huh. uh, in very good form. And I'll grant that he's, I think it's, that's three races. So it's not like it's a ton, um, <laughs> but, he, but he's in very good form. Um, and, you know, the, professional cycling is a really, really interesting sport because it is much more, uh, nuanced and team oriented than most people assume that it is. Um, so like I said, Tour de France starts on Friday, July 1st. We'll run to about July 23rd or so. Um, so, you know, they race basically every day. There's two off days during the tour. Um, but yeah. And for me, I love it because I get to work in the morning and I put it on and it just is there kind of in the background and about between nine and t- usually nine and 10 30 AM somewhere in there is when it wraps up usually um, depending on the length of the stage and all that good stuff. So it's just kind of a nice little thing to have on in the morning as you're getting ready at work and kicking your day off. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd encourage you to give it a shot. Um, I think it's a lot of fun, but that's the tour de France. It starts on July 1st. So check it out. All right, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. And tag our stuff with hashtag Board with Fiji. So feel free to use that hashtag as well on all of your social media. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, You can find me in all the things at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Josh, sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck.
Rost. <laughs>